Hey guys, it's Derek. We're back. And before we get into the topic for today, if you haven't heard, our apparel is live. That's right. The Ballistic Performance Store has finally launched. It is available in our Instagram bio. So go there, click the link. You will see it pop up, apparel and merchandise. Go check that out. Make sure you order yourself a t-shirt, a hoodie, a tank top. I don't care what it is, but get yourself some Ballistic Performance swag so that you can represent out there in the real world and let people know what we are doing within the Ballistic Performance team. Now, that said, today, Ashley and I are here to talk about all things energy systems and interval training. So we're going to dive into the science without geeking out too much and help you to understand why we utilize interval training in the MOVE program, how that impacts the energy systems of our body, and why it's so important to train the various energy systems in a balanced way in order to move us forward on our fitness journey. So we really hope that you enjoyed the episode, that you take something with you into your own journey so that you can move closer towards your goals. Without further ado, let's get into the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back to Ballistic Performance Radio. This is episode 49, and I am here with Ash. It is a morning, which we usually don't record on, but it is Monday morning. We had a yeah. little, we decided to relax a little bit yesterday and let our brains cool down. And so <laughs> now we are recording on Monday morning instead of Sunday afternoon, which is a good change of pace. Yeah, I think I like it. Yeah, I'm a little more awake. I don't feel like I'm missing out on any football. Like, this is good stuff. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Well, everybody, welcome back. And today, as I mentioned, is episode number 49, and we are talking energy systems and interval training. So we're going to fill you in on a little bit of the method to the madness of the MOVE program Mm -hmm. and really just science in general. And we're going to make it as simple as possible so we don't uh, nerd out and geek out too much (laughs) on it and lose all of you halfway through. So... As usual, we'll do our introduction here and our a little, you know, catch you up on our life and specifically what's happening with ballistic. And so, Ash, what's the what's the first thing we got here? Genesis and Revelation are live, so they are both one-time purchase programs, and I'm super excited about them. Yeah, fantastic. So those are live. Make sure you guys go and check those out. They're on our website under one-time purchase programs. You'll see Genesis in there, Revelation, and you'll also see our pull-up pursuit program. So again, check those out. Descriptions are there on the website. Also, our apparel is live. Our store. (laughs) So the store is live. We do not have that linked to the website yet, but it is linked in our Instagram, in our Instagram bio. So hit that up, go to our link tree. You'll see it there. It's apparel and merchandise. That'll take you to the store. You'll see what we have to offer there so far. Right now, we're selling the 3C collection, as we're calling it. Uh, and that stands for what, Ash? Confident, capable. And caring. And there caring. we go. We got it. I couldn't think of <laughs> You caught me off guard. <laughs> I know. She's going to yell at me after we're done recording, sure. but it's okay. Yeah, so 3Cs are caring, confident, and capable, part of our mission statement there. And uh, yeah, so that's the collection we've got running right now. And you'll see a few other things on there, the eBooks, things like that. So we're excited to have that up and running, as Ashley said, finally. Yeah. 
All right. What else we got on the agenda here with Ballistic Ash? We did two blog posts last week. I know. What the heck? I know. Well, we didn't mean to. He Derek wrote an Instagram post and it was long. And I was like, this is too good to cut back. So we made it into a blog post and yeah. And here we are, two posts. (laughs) So we'll call it one and a half, really, because it's a little bit shorter, but it's really good. Uh, So if you haven't seen those blog posts, make sure you go to our website again, check it out. Um, Again, just go to the menu, hit blog. You'll see them pop up there. First one is called, Do You Need More? And then the second one is, Why I'll Never Go Back to a CrossFit Affiliate. (gasps) Oh, my. (laughs) Yes, that's actually true. So you can check those things out there. And then, uh, you know, aside from that, we're continuing to plan and prepare for our next program launch in the upcoming weeks, as well as, like we said, a little incentive slash referral program for our uh, current folks. Mm -hmm. And uh, then, you know, lastly, we got the photo shoot coming up. Oh, my goodness. We do. How many weeks we got till that? Probably four, maybe three. So three or four weeks and we'll be getting all kinds of new photos for the website. So that means we're revamping. All of that. And then, of course, you'll see all those on Instagram as well. But it's exciting. We're pumped. I'm excited. We've been preparing the garage for weeks (laughs) for this opportunity. (laughs) Yeah, that's why we needed to buy all this equipment, right? Exactly. That was my (laughs) justification. So uh, anyway, as we mentioned, today we're talking about energy systems. And the reason we're talking about this is it's not something that's spoken about a lot in the fitness community, at least from a content perspective. People aren't creating a lot of content surrounding the energy systems because they are complex, mm-hmm. but it's something that we believe that everyone deserves to know and should know in order to better train and train more efficiently and effectively. That way you can train for longer, right? It's all about sustainability and longevity. And in order to do that or achieve those things, you need to understand these basic concepts of the energy systems. Absolutely. Sweet. So what's the first energy system? So yeah, we'll hop right into it. The first energy system is what we'll call the ATP PC system. Mm -hmm. Now, you don't need to know what all those initials stand for. That's part of simplifying this entire uh, process here. But the ATP PC system is sometimes also referred to as the phosphagen system. And what this is, is it's our immediate and short-term system, meaning it's a very limited supply and it's immediate energy, right? ATP and CP are stored in our muscle fibers. Again, I'm not going to get into all the abbreviation uh, names because you're going to forget anyway. Just know that those two things, ATP and CP, which stands for creatine phosphate, are stored in our muscle fibers. And we have immediate access to those things in order to produce energy or, you know, execute work. And this system, the ATP PC system, does not require any oxygen. In other words, it's anaerobic. And it does not produce any lactate. And we'll talk about what that means in a moment. But it does not have any byproducts associated with it. And as I mentioned, it's short, it's fast, it's powerful. So those are the things I want you to think about there with the ATP PC system. It's our short, fast, and powerful energy system. And it really only powers activities of about 10 seconds. Now, you'll see some textbooks, some individuals refer to like a 10 to 30 second range. But once we pass that 10 second mark, we really start to tap into our glycolytic system, which we're going to talk about next. So it's not it's no longer pure ATP PC. Mm -hmm. But yeah, 10 seconds. You might have already said this, but 
ATP is simply energy. Yes. Correct. ATP is energy. I didn't say that. I okay. didn't want to get too confusing, but ATP is energy. So uh, continuing on with that, and we'll give you examples of that stuff in, in a little while, is the glycolytic system, mm-hmm. right? So that's our second one. So the glycolytic system, that is the breakdown of carbohydrates is a really simple way to put it. And again, it can utilize oxygen, but oftentimes when referring to the glycolytic system, we're talking about non-aerobic or no oxygen in the process. And now here's where we're getting into the difference. So the glycolytic system is more of our mid-range system, middle distance. So still think shortish duration, but it's higher intensity. So we're talking somewhere like 30 seconds all the way to two to three minutes. But because it's a longer duration, we have to use different processes to produce the energy. Mm-hmm. And those different processes have a byproduct, which is called pyruvate. And what happens with pyruvate is that's actually shuttled into another system of the body to be used to continue to produce energy and then recycled back into the entire process again. However, at some point, as we continue to work really hard, the amount of pyruvate that is produced exceeds that shuttling rate or that cycling rate. And so then what happens is we start to accumulate that within the system and hydrogen attaches to it. And now we've got lactate. So that's where you hear like people use the word lactate or lactic acid. Now, lactic acid isn't necessarily a correct term, right? But lactate is something that will build up through that. And then that also gets shuttled back into the system. However, that lactate is what generates some of those feelings of discomfort and, you know, that quote-unquote burning sensation when you're working at really high intensities. So that's the really basic breakdown of why you feel that, you know, feeling of discomfort and that uncomfortable burning type sensation, right? It's the production of lactate Mm -hmm. and uh, the attempt to cycle that lactate back through the system. So... Again, a quick review, glycolytic, middle road system, middle distance system, short duration, high intensity exercise, think 30 seconds to two to three minutes, and there's byproducts that cause us to produce lactate, which is what generates that feeling of discomfort. Got it. Did I make that simple enough? Yep. Wonderful. (laughs) What's next? Oxidative. Yeah, so the oxidative system, this is our third and final system. Oxidative, this system requires large amounts of oxygen in order to create energy or to generate energy for movement. Now, with this system, we can utilize carbohydrates. We can also utilize fats. So in other words, we can utilize glucose, glycogen, and fatty acids. So this system taps into multiple areas versus the previous system, which we talked about, the glycolytic, which only utilizes carbohydrates. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, with this system, the oxidative system, it's really dependent on our cardiorespiratory system, which means our hearts, our, our hearts, our lungs, and our blood vessels, right? So it's really hearts. hearts. Well, for everyone, like multiple yeah. hearts, right? I know when I said that, it sounded odd. But it's dependent on our heart, our lungs, our blood vessels, and even our blood to transport that oxygen to the working tissue. Mm-hmm. And the oxidative system is our long, slow distance system. It's low to moderate intensities, and it's really for any effort that's surpassing three minutes. So quick recap on all those things, right? First one, we had ATPPC. Mm-hmm. That's our short duration, high intensity, super powerful system. Think 10 seconds or less. 
possibly 30 seconds if we start to tap into glyco the glycolytic system. No O2 is required, and it's very limited. Then we got the glycolytic system. Now we're talking short-duration, high-intensity exercise, 30 seconds to two or three minutes, and there's byproducts that are associated with it that cause that feeling of discomfort and that quote-unquote burning sensation. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, we've got the oxidative system, which requires a lot of oxygen. It utilizes both carbohydrates and fats. It's dependent on our heart, lungs, blood vessels, and the blood itself, and it's our long, slow distance system, three minutes plus. Got it. Boom. So Perfect. those are our energy systems. Now asking a quick question. Hit me. Are all of those combined? Yes, good question. So, and we're going to get into Sorry that. if I'm jumping ahead. No, you're not at all. We're going to get into that into more detail later, but I think it's a great thing to answer now as well. Just so everyone is clear, at all times, all three energy systems are working in the body mm -hmm. in some capacity. Now, it might be drastically skewed one way or another, but all three work. And then the intensity and duration of the exercise are variables that impact how those systems are working together. Yeah. So as we mentioned, like the ATPPC is that short-term system. Mm -hmm. So when we're doing those short-duration activities like a one rep max or a 100-meter dash, it's the predominant system. Yeah. It's going to drive everything. And same thing with the glycolytic system. If we're doing a 400-meter sprint, now the glycolytic system is going to take over as the dominant system. And if we're doing a 5K run, now the oxidative system is going to take over. So they're all three always working, but one is always the predominant system. Yeah. Got it. That answer your question? Yep. Fantastic. Okay. So now that we covered those three systems... We're going to move on to some training variables, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what, what's our first one here? Intensity. Okay. So intensity is arguably the most influential characteristic of interval training, right? And we're talking specifically about interval training because that's what we use in move. And that's the easiest way to implement those energy systems that we just talked about into this conversation of training. And so intensity is pretty much the most important factor or the most important variable associated with interval training sessions. What's next? Work interval duration. Okay, so this is your, you know, your work interval. This is the exercise period, the time that you're putting in the work. And the duration of your work interval is almost 100% dependent on the intensity or on the intended stimulus of the session. And it has an inverse relationship with intensity, right? So the more intense the interval is the shorter duration it's going to need to be and vice versa the longer the lower the intensity the longer the duration can be yeah awesome that makes sense recovery interval duration okay so this is your rest interval right and one thing i wanted to address here that doesn't get spoken about often is that there's a misconception out there that active recovery is always the best option that it is always the most preferred option because it quote unquote helps flush out lactic acid, right? You've heard that, I'm sure. <laughs> People listening have heard that. And that's not necessarily the case. There is actually little to no evidence supporting the fact that active recovery will always improve that recovery process or will always accelerate that process, right? Really what happens is we have, you know, a whatever energy system is a predominant system, we have X amount of energy before that system is depleted 
right? And then there is X amount of time that's required to replenish that system. And that is dependent on all kinds of factors. And really what I'm getting at here is, you know, the the recovery interval duration and whether or not it's passive or active is all dependent on the intended stimulus. So as practitioners, as fitness professionals, as coaches, it's our responsibility to dictate what the intent is of the session and then decide from there how the rest of recovery intervals need to be structured. Does that make sense? Yes. Awesome. I thought you were talking about active recovery as in like... Like yeah, no, no, no. The actual recovery interval. You were thinking okay. I was meaning the day. Yes. I'm not meaning the day. I'm talking about the recovery between intervals. I gotcha. Perfect. Yep. Now, what about the number of intervals? Yeah, so obviously this is pretty self-explanatory. The number of intervals is the number of bouts, right? Or the number of efforts that you're putting in within the session. And really, the longer a session goes on, the, lo- the more intervals that you're doing, the larger of an aerobic effect or an aerobic draw is required. So meaning if I'm doing, you know, let's say five intervals versus 15 intervals, even if I'm manipulating the stimulus, excuse me, the intensity, there's going to be some aerobic draw there because I'm just working for a much longer period of time. And those higher intensity systems aren't going to be able to fully recover depending on that, that rest interval. Yeah. Fantastic. So that's really it. Number of intervals is how many intervals that you're completing within the session. Okay. Right? We don't want to get too more too much complicated than that. And then what about modality? And then modality, right? That is the that's the type of exercise that you're doing. So mm-hmm. think running, rowing, biking, uh, mixed modality. Example like resistance training. Think CrossFit or high intensity interval training, like GPP style or boot camp style training. Mm-hmm. And uh, really the modality is what allows us or is another way that we can manipulate the session in order to adjust like locomotor, neuromuscular and musculoskeletal strain. So in other words, it's a way for us to manipulate the stimulus of the session. Mm -hmm. And uh, one thing that's important to note here is a lot of sports specific athletes or just athletes in general, I guess I don't need to say sports specific. A lot of athletes train in modalities that are specific to their sport, right? So track athletes will obviously run. Mm-hmm. Cyclists will cycle. Rowers will row, et cetera. But often out there in the real world outside of athletics, we have people engaging in resistance-based high-intensity interval training. Again, think CrossFit, think Orange Theory, those types of things. Mm-hmm. And you know, from an athlete perspective, that's not necessarily required to promote performance enhancement. But from a general population standpoint, resistance-based high-intensity interval training, again, think CrossFit, Orange Theory, F45, those are actually believed to be essential components in general physical preparedness and in targeting both your cardiovascular system and neuromuscular system. So it's very, very beneficial, especially in the early stages of one's fitness journey. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Fantastic. So we just talked about, you know, different training variables and how those are associated with our interval training and how we implement those energy systems. And next, I really just wanted to get into the types of intervals that we see Mm -hmm. and some more, quote unquote, like textbook definitions of these intervals to give folks an idea of, hey, what, you know, what does it mean when someone's talking about longer intervals versus shorter intervals versus other specific types of interval training? Mm Mm-hmm. 
Fantastic. So what about long intervals first? So the textbook definition, depending on what, obviously what textbook you're looking at, longer intervals are going to really be anything over one minute. So it's going to be, because of that, they're going to be more moderate intensity. And typically these longer intervals are separated by like short duration, passive recovery. So maybe somewhere between like one and three minutes or longer duration, active recovery. So that's kind of our baseline long interval format. So just think a long interval is over one minute. Gotcha. What about short intervals? Yeah, so opposite (laughs) end of the spectrum, short intervals, anywhere from 10 seconds to 60 seconds, less than a minute, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, And that's going to obviously be higher intensity because the interval is shorter. And depending on the stimulus of the session, the recovery could be you know, anywhere from 30 to 90 seconds, depending on what, what the intent is of that, that specific session. Yeah. So this is getting off topic a little bit. I love it. (laughs) But I know when I first started like your programming, I would see workouts that had 10 seconds of work, one to two minutes of rest. And I was like, this is pointless. And I learned very quickly that it was not pointless, but I still hear that from a lot of clients. Uh, What do you have to say about that? (laughs) I like that question. And I'm going to address it as soon as we get through the next two, because the next two dive right into that exact thing that you're talking about. So the next one is repeated sprint training. So this is just a variation. You'll see this abbreviated as RST mainly used out in the athletics world, but repeated sprint training is very, very short, maximal intensity intervals, kind of like what you just hinted at there, Mm -hmm. right? So anywhere from like three to 10 seconds. So these are very, very short. And these are going to be separated by short passive recovery bouts. But when I'm saying short, it's still significantly longer than that 10 seconds, right? So when I'm talking short passive recovery for these repeated sprint training, if you look at it as, let's say it's a minute, well, a minute is still six times longer than what, than what you just did for the work interval, right? Mm-hmm. So even though they're short, there's still plenty of time to replenish those energy systems. And another variation of that is sprint interval training. Those tend to be lo- a little bit longer intervals, like 20 to 45 seconds, and they're separated by long passive recovery. So like a minute plus, like oh, two, three, four minutes of rest in between these efforts. Those are the painful ones. Exactly. And so now I'll get into your question. And this has to do with, uh, you know, work to rest ratios, energy replenishment, etc. The reason that you see some of these formats, for example, 20 seconds of work separated by two minutes of rest, is that that much time is required to replenish that energy system to then repeat the next effort at the same level of intensity, mm-hmm. right? And you may think, well, I don't need two minutes of rest. Well, maybe you don't in the first three rounds, but in rounds six, seven, eight, nine, ten, that rest is not adequate to fully replenish the system. And so over the course of the number of intervals, you're steadily having less and less in the tank before you start. Does that make sense? Yeah. So think about like if you're in your car and you're on a road trip and for the first four hours, you don't have to stop because you had a full tank of gas. Okay. Mm -hmm. You filled up before you left the house. You were able to drive for four hours. You're out of gas. You stop, you refill, but you only refill to three quarters of a tank. Mm -hmm. So then you leave again. Well, this time you only make it three hours. Mm -hmm. You got to pull off. This time when you fill up, you only fill up 
to half a tank. Mm-hmm. Take off, now you're only out there for an hour and a half, right? It's that concept of I'm not fully replenishing yeah. the fuel. So over the course of time, I'm getting less and less performance per effort. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. So what I feel like you and I aren't in this scenario, but I feel like I hear a lot of people say that they're not able to push their bodies to that intended stimulus. What do you say about that? Yeah, uh, that one's always a tough conversation because the truth is a lot of folks don't push themselves to that point because they are either not phys- they're they're just not physically and mentally capable of understanding what their capacity is. Mm-hmm. They get just a little bit uncomfortable and that's where they, they call it there, right? Mm-hmm. They settle into just slight discomfort and they deem that their full effort. And in those workouts, you're saying like it's meant to be uncomfortable. Right. And so for those types of workouts that, so we'll just use the same example, 20 seconds of work, two minutes of rest. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's like a one to six work to rest ratio, meaning you need to be busting your ass for the 20 seconds. Mm -hmm. Like everything you've got in you, an RPE of nine or even 10, right? And if you do that by the end of 20 seconds, Maybe for the first 30 seconds in the recovery period, you feel okay. Then you realize, holy shit, I'm more tired than I thought. Mm -hmm. And if you really did it appropriately, by the time two minutes rolls around, you just feel good enough to repeat that effort. Yeah. And again, over the course of the entire session, by the time two minutes expires each time, you probably won't feel as fresh, right? There's Because your system still isn't probably recovering fully based on the intensity that you gave. And so that really comes down to just being honest with yourself and really tapping into, you know, the the mental side of things of, am I putting in a full effort? Mm-hmm. Like, am I earning the two minutes of rest? And by, I don't necessarily mean earning like you worked, like, good do job, you, you earned it. Yeah, do you need two minutes of rest? Did you work you hard enough that your body needs, that energy system needs, two minutes to recover. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a that's a really good question and something that everyone needs to be aware of. If you're following the MOVE program, for example, and you see that you're going to do 12 calories on the bike every three minutes for 30 minutes, so 10 intervals, and I'm telling you to get those 12 calories done in 25 seconds or even 20 seconds or less, right? Well, if you're doing 12 calories in 40 seconds, now the entire stimulus of the session is compromised because you're not putting in adequate intensity. Mm-hmm. And maybe, well, let's say this, and maybe you are giving it a full effort, but you, then you need to scale down the calories. Yeah. Because then you're still tapping into a different energy system because you're working longer than you should be. Yeah. So it kind of it kind of gets you know complicated there, but in the same sense, it's really simple follow the stimulus that we're giving you in the notes and you're going to be good to go. Mm -hmm. Okay. Continuing on here. What about work to rest ratios plus intensity plus intervals? Yeah. So now we're kind of combining it all, right? So we talked energy systems. We have three of them. Mm -hmm. ATP PC. That's our short one. High, high intensity, very powerful. Our glycolytic system, which is our more middle distance, still moderate to high intensity, but longer duration think like 30 seconds to two minutes. And then finally we have our oxidative, which is our long, slow distance, low to moderate intensity. And now 
all those systems, where how do they come into play with training and with interval training itself? So ATP-PC, our first system, remember that's the short powerful one. In terms of work to rest ratios, we're looking for anything greater than one to three. And one to three, depending on the duration of the actual interval, might be too short, right? It might be closer to one to five, like a one to five work to rest ratio. Meaning if I'm doing 10 seconds of work, my rest interval is 50 seconds, right? Does that make sense? Yes. So one to five. And again, that may seem long, right? Well, I'm only working for 10 seconds. Why do I need to rest for nearly a minute? Because that's how long it takes for that system to replenish the energy that you need for the next effort. And along with that, like how many times can I repeat that? Like what's the desired number? And this varies depending on, you know, what resources you're looking at. But for our standpoint in move, we use the concept of 10 to 15 intervals. You should be, you know, if we're only doing 10 to 20 seconds of work, we're probably going to repeat that like 10 to 15 times in order to cultivate the stimulus that we want, right? Which is to target that system. All right. So next we got the glycolytic system. Now the glycolytic system, remember that's that more middle of the road. With that, the work to rest ratio is probably more like a one to two or a one to three. So it's still going to be a decent amount of rest, but we're working for much longer. So let's use, you know, like a, a two, a two minute interval for, or let's, I changed my mind. Let's use a 90 second interval. If I'm working for 90 seconds and I'm using a one to two work to rest ratio, well, that means my rest is three minutes. So still a lot of rest, but I expended a ton of energy and really depleted my glycolytic system by working for those 90 seconds at that intensity. And that intensity being like that RPE of six to seven. And with all of that said, we're probably looking more like six to nine intervals within that session. So instead of 10 to 15, which is a lot, six to nine is going to be more appropriate, especially because that glycolytic system tends to be one of the most uncomfortable, right? That's where, think about if you were to sprint a 400 meter, like you were to do a 400 meter dash. By the time you finish that, if you're sprinting it as hard as you can, it's uncomfortable. It's painful. And that's kind of the response that you're looking for, that discomfort in those types of sessions. And so imagine if you had to do that 10 to 15 times, that would be really mentally and physically taxing. It probably wouldn't be, put you in a good spot. Yeah. All right. And then lastly is oxidative. Now oxidative, because we're utilizing oxygen, because it's a system that allows us to work for a much longer t time period, we don't need as much rest because that energy system is really efficient. So we can have less than a one to two work to rest ratio. So maybe one to one or even two to one. So for example, if we're doing, you know, let's say we're doing 800 meter repeats. If I'm running 800 meters, let's say it takes me I don't know, th let's just make it a really fast. Let's say three minutes. Let's say I am a world-class 800-meter runner and I run my 800 in three minutes. Well, then at a one-to-one -one work to rest ratio, that's three minutes of rest. At a two-to-one work to rest ratio, that's only 90 seconds of rest. So that means that this energy system is much more efficient at regenerating and replenishing those stores or let's just say converting energy. So then I can repeat that effort in a shorter period of time. Mm -hmm. Or with less rest, I should say. And with this system, we don't need as many intervals, right? Because we're working for much longer. So we're probably gonna, only going to need like three to five intervals per session. Did all that make sense? Yes. Fantastic. So again, quick recap. 
ATP PC, that's greater than a one to three work to rest ratio for our intervals. The intensity is like an eight to 10 out of 10, and we're gonna repeat that 10 to 15 times. The glycolytic system, that's our middle of the road system, it's gonna be like a one to two, maybe a one to three work to rest ratio. The intensity is gonna be a six to seven out of 10, and we're, we're gonna repeat that six to nine times. And then our oxidative system, that's our long, slow distance, that's our really efficient energy system. Work to rest ratio is less than one to two, the intensity is like a five out of 10 ish. And we're looking at three to five intervals. Got it. Fantastic. So now I figured we could move into how these things relate specifically to move and how we incorporate these into, uh, you know, not only a week, but a month, an annual training cycle, et cetera. Yeah. I love it. Fantastic. So our approach, and you and I have talked about this before, but maybe not written it out so you could see it like this. We basically want to train at near maximal intensities, one to two days per week. That's it. Mm -hmm. And most often, it's only one day per week. We want to train at moderate intensities. So that glycolytic system, that six to seven out of 10 type intensity, two to three days per week. And most often, that's usually just two. And we want to train at low to moderate intensity. That's that oxidative system. And that's that RPE, like five-ish, two to three days per week. Mm -hmm. And then finally, we want to recover two days per week. So if you break that down, a typical week looks like one day training the ATP PC system, two days training the glycolytic system, and two days training the oxidative system, or tar I should say targeting all those systems, mm -hmm. with two days of recovery. And our recovery is usually written as Thursday and Sunday, but our members are free to adjust that as needed based on their individual schedules. So why do we do that? What is the purpose of structuring it that way? Why don't we train at intensity more often? Why don't, you know, why don't we just do what CrossFit does and train at pretty much maximal intensity every single day? Or, you know, how does, how does Orange Theory structure it? Like, why don't we just follow the crowd there? And so here's the deal. We structure it in that way for th four main reasons. Number one is sustainability. Number two is longevity. Three is functionality. And four is mental health. Mm -hmm. And so I'll elaborate a little bit on this. If you train at moderate to high intensity every single day, and what most people do, at least in the CrossFit world, is pretty much go all out every time they're in the gym, right? Mm -hmm. They walk in and they're like, okay, I don't give a shit what's written on the board. I'm going to go for it all. I'm going to go for broke. When you do that over the course of days, weeks, months, What's happening is, is you're breaking down your body. You're not able to physically and mentally recover from the efforts that you're putting forth. And maybe initially you feel fine, right? You can do this for multiple weeks, maybe even multiple months before it really starts to catch up with you. But not only are you beating your body up, but you're really only targeting one or two systems and you're kind of leaving the third to be, you know, underdeveloped or not targeted appropriately. So that's one thing that happens. Two, because of all those high-intensity efforts and the depletion of your central nervous system and the fatigue on your musculoskeletal system, eventually somewhere along the line, you're probably going to start to get those aches and pains and maybe even some injury. And so now, if that happens, well, we're getting set back in our training. Now we can't train because we physically are unable to because we're injured. So that's something else that can occur. And then just in terms of functionality... All three energy systems need to be trained and developed in some capacity because we utilize them out in the real world. 
the the aerobic system, the oxidative system, a lot of CrossFit folks never target that system, and they wonder why when they go out hiking, when they go cross-country skiing, or whatever the, the activity is, that they're crushed after that day of movement because they never trained that system. Their, their oxidative system is not efficient at fueling that type of exercise, right, or that type of activity. And then lastly, mental health, right? We just want to prevent burnout. Knowing that I don't have to go into the day giving it an 8 out of 10 or a 10 out of 10 effort is really mentally, you know, uh, comforting. Mm -hmm. If I go into the session knowing, okay, today's a 5 out of 10. I just need to breathe and move. I can allow my mind and my body to relax a little bit today. That's a huge benefit. And the same goes for the opposite end of the spectrum. If I know it's only one to two days per week that I need to come in there and go all out, leave it all on the floor and like find myself sizzling in a puddle of my own sweat on the floor at the end, that's also mentally relieving. I know that that's not going to need to happen every single day. So that's why we adopted that approach. I love it. Love it. Sweet. Did you have any questions that you think maybe the listeners would have based on all that information we just covered? I don't think so. Sweet. Well, in that case, we can probably wrap things up. Yeah. Okay. So number one, guys, be sure to visit the Ballistic Performance Store, right? Mm -hmm. As we mentioned, Ashley's super pumped. I am. I'm super pumped. The store is not linked to our website yet. We're in the process of doing that. So go to our Instagram, click on the link in our bio You'll see it pop up. It'll say merchandise and apparel. Check that out. Make sure you order yourself some gear, whether it's a t-shirt, sweatshirt, tank top, whatever, so that you can rep ballistic performance, right? Everybody wants swag. (laughs) Number two, uh, don't forget to check out Genesis and Revelation. And if you're a current member, these programs are not necessarily designed for you, right? These are designed for folks who are trying to become part of the ballistic performance team. And so if that's the case, since that's the case, if you know someone who would be perfect for these programs based off the descriptions that are on our website and what we've posted about, then refer a friend to these Mm -hmm. programs, right? Send them the link, tell them this is the shit they need to do because it's going to help them move forward on their (laughs) journey or even get started on their fitness journey. Uh, Next would be if you know, or if you yourself are interested in move or build, You need to reach out or have your friend reach out who's interested because we will give you a free week of training. Yeah. Right. We're always offering that free week and it's a free week within the app itself, within the Train Heroic app. So you see exactly what it's like. Exactly. You get all the videos, all the warmups, all the explanations, all the instructions. It's not just some PDF that we send out that's cookie cutter. It's based on the current phase that we're in and you get to actually see what it would look like every day on your phone. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you or someone you know is interested, please reach out. We will hook you up with that free week of training. Mm-hmm. Next one. You want to take this one, Ash? Sure. Uh, if you're interested in nutrition coaching or custom programming, so that's our one-on-one fitness, uh, schedule your free consult to find out more information. We'd love to chat with you. Hell yeah. And those consults, guys, they uh, when you click on the link on our website, it'll take you to our Calendly. It'll let you hook up a time for an appointment it's set up through zoom but we will do just a straight phone call with you we can do any variation of that that you're more comfortable with it doesn't necessarily have to be zoom absolutely uh and then lastly 
if you're not part of the weekly roundup, which is our weekly newsletter, mm-hmm. it's roundup, right? It's not wrap up. No roundup. Okay, I wanted to make sure I said the right thing. Then be sure to reach out to us and we'll get your name on that list, right? Or you can even go to our Instagram bio, click weekly roundup in the, in the link there, and then you can input your information yourself but you need to get on that list. That's where we keep you up to date with all of our content. It's where uh, we make announcements and it's really where we just keep you connected with all things ballistic performance. Yeah. And that's all Ashley there. So make sure you get on there because she kills <laughs> very it. very informal. She kills it with that. Yeah, you'll love it. Uh, but that's it for today. Uh, guys, we appreciate you so much for listening and we hope to catch you next week. Bye guys. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Whether this is your first time tuning in or if you're here with us each and every week, we are so thankful to have you around. We cannot thank you enough for listening to the podcast and sharing it with your friends, family, loved ones, etc. If you enjoy what you hear, please head over to iTunes, leave us a five-star review, leave a comment in there as well. That is how we reach more people, gain more recognition, and change lives through this platform. As we mentioned at the end of the episode, our apparel is live, Genesis and Revelation are live, so be sure to go to our website, check out those programs, go to our Instagram, check out the store, get yourself some Ballistic Performance swag, and represent out there in your communities. Again, guys, we are doing everything possible to reach people and change lives through our programs, and that does not happen without you. So we, again, are so thankful to have you with us on our team, and we will see you next week.